Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 47. I'm your pal Val, and with me is guest host, the one, the only, Logan King NASCAR. How are you? I'm fine. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, and again, for anybody new, this is NASCAR Radio. This is where NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards meet. We're going to review last week's winners and highest finishing rookies for the Charlotte races for the Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity, and Cup Series. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2021 Chronicles. We're going to talk about some news that hit about Star Stock. Yep, Star Stock. It's hot off the wire. And then we're going to talk about some eBay auctions that we have seen. Uh, the Richard Petty 1983 Uno. PSA 10 closed, and then there's another Petty out there today uh, we'll talk about. So well, let's jump into the results from last week at the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race. That was number 10. That was at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and that was the North Carolina Education Lottery 200, the 18th annual, by the way. Our winner was John Hunter Nemechek. And the highest finishing rookie in position two was Carson Hockvar. Is that how you say it, Logan? Uh, I think there's all kinds of different ways to say it. I say it Hokovar, but... That's it, Hokovar. Thank you. And they were talking about it, pronouncing it on the TV. I was trying to remember, so... uh, (laughs) It doesn't help that he doesn't have any cards. No, it doesn't. Uh, And I'm surprised he doesn't have any cards. It's amazing to me how many truck drivers still do not have cards. Yeah, there's quite a bit. You're right. The one that uh, sticks out to me is Jennifer Jo Cobb. She's been running in the truck series for a very long time. She's not getting any hobby love, no cards at all. And I think it was Grant Infinger finally. Well, he, he had a car back in 18, but he had a few years where he didn't have anything. So, but our winner, John Hunter Nibicek. Uh He's running for Cowboys Motorsports. Um, he's had a few wins this year already. And uh, we were talking about it just before we came on about uh, John Hunter Nemechek was racing at the cup level, level um, I guess, for a year or two. Uh, he was competing with Rookie of the Year when, um, you know, fighting with, well, I think it was Cole Custer, Christopher Bell. And Tyler Reddick as well. Um, but he was in one of those smaller uh, funded teams. But they mentioned that, I guess, after the win, or they were talking about Kyle Bush talking to him about, uh, you know, do you want to go out and race and, and finish in the, you know, 30th position, or do you want to, you know, win again? And, and so um, he mentioned that he had, you know, he thought he could do that, but. Um, He's enjoying winning. And, of course, we talked before, Kyle Busch Motorsports puts some of the best equipment in the truck. So they do very well. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the truck race, you know, everybody wants to know where Haley Deegan finished. She finished in 13th, which for her, it's that's, that's, that's pretty respectable, I think. I mean, this is her first year in truck. And um, she was a lap down. But, uh, you know, it was a good effort. So I'm I'm proud for. Her. I think you know people get impatient. She this is um, 
I'm trying to think. She raced at Charles Motor Speedway before, but I think that was with ARCA last year. I think this is the first time for her in the truck in Charlotte. So um, people seem to forget that, you know, this is their first time at these tracks racing in the truck, which is totally different animal than Arker, Arker uh, car. So, you know, out of the field of 30 something and she came in 13th of the camping world truck series rookie of the year contenders. I think she's right in the middle of the pack. Uh, somebody was, you know, I guess was somewhat saying that Haley's being hyped or whatever, but I went to actually looked at everybody's positions where they're finished of these rookies. And like I said, she was kind of in the middle, uh, not far off from the top two. So. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a top 10 here soon. I'm, that would really be nice. I think that would really be, that would help her confidence and uh, that would help her hobby love. I'm sure. Well, you got to remember on the back half of the year, she's going to be hitting some of these tracks for the second time. Yep. So the, the second half of the season will definitely tell. And you know, as well as I do, and the listeners should as well, is that, you know, depending on where you're at and where you're running, uh, if you get caught up in somebody else's mess. So it's a little bit of luck as well. Yeah. And, you know, wrecks can happen anywhere. They can happen at the front of the field. They can happen in the back. So, uh, yeah, if you get caught up, you get caught up. There's there's not, not a thing you can do about it. So on John Hunter Nemechek, his rookies are in 2016. He's in the Panini Certified Product, Panini Prism with signatures and fabrics, and Panini Torque 2016. He has base cards there as well. Uh, we know about the Certified. We've talked about them before with the multiple parallels, potential signatures, and then with Torque with the multiple parallels and combo material signatures. It's two of those. So prices for John Harnibachek's cards are relatively low. A few dollars. I was looking on eBay and you can get some of the base cards for a few dollars parallels for a few more dollars. Uh, Signatures. There aren't many. So the prices seem to range um, in the 40, dollars and up but if you're patient i'm sure you can find some good deals anything else you want to say about john hunter Nemechek before we move on no i mean i think he's trying to prove himself you know moving back down to truck he's, he's trying to prove himself as a winner and i'm sure he's hoping to try to find a uh, a higher quality cup ride and, and get back to cup but for right now i mean i think he's content doing what he's doing because you know Nothing replaces winning when, when when you're winning and running well. I mean, that's a great feeling. Yeah, it definitely looks good on the resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's no doubt. I think if you put him in good equipment, that he, you know, could do a better job than maybe he had done in Cup before. I was looking at a stat in 2020. He ran 36 of the 36 Cup races, and he was in the top 10 three times and led one lap out of 9,611 laps. Wow. Uh, his average start was 24th. His average finish, or 24.4, average finish 
was 22.4. Well, at least he did better than he started. Definitely. And that's, you know, that's maybe something that the stick and ball guys don't understand is some of these lower teams. You definitely want to finish better than your equipment. That's always a sign of a, you know, good driver. So uh, when they're, the teams are lower down, they're looking at that more than, than the wins. Would you agree with that? Yep. I would agree with that for sure. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek has three wins on the season. He's run 10 of the 10 races and he has eight top tens. Uh, like I said, in, in three wins. So definitely, you know, he's going to have a shot for a championship uh, this year. So he's currently uh, ranked first. Yeah. He'll, he, he'll definitely be in the playoffs and I expect him to, to be in the final four. Uh, I guess it, Hey, look, I guess it's Phoenix this year is where they're going to have the championship. Yes, sir. Phoenix. So, yeah, I definitely look for him to be contending in Phoenix. So, and the truck series is off this weekend. They'll be back next weekend at Texas Motor Speedway for the speedycash.com 220. And that's June 12th, 2021. So. Moving over to the Xfinity series in Charlotte. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was race number 12 for the Xfinity series. That was the 40th annual Alsco Uniforms 300. And that was Saturday, May 29th at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, that was 200 laps. And our winner was Ty Gibbs. And our highest finishing rookie was Ty Gibbs. So that's twice he's done that this year. Yeah, that 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 kid is the real deal for sure. He, uh, you know, he spun out and had issues early, and he came back and, and spanked them. I didn't tell you, but uh, I was in the box for that, and um, I think I was watching. Maybe it was just on the commentary, and I think. Um, but they were talking about how the infield grass now is artificial turf. And basically because when Ty slid through that, he didn't damage the front end of his car. So, um, yeah. Cause you know, traditionally when you, when you go through that grass and, uh, that front front splitter will, will plant itself right, right into the grass and into the mud and dirt and it'll tear, it'll rip that splitter right off. But uh, now they've got that astroturf or that, that artificial grass, uh, you know, that, sa- that saved him. If it hadn't been for that, you know, he'd have been done. Yeah, and maybe it was um, Joe Lagano and Kevin Hark were talking about, you know, thank you <laughs> for for Charlotte Motor Speedway putting that artificial turf in there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, remember- yeah good. Oh, I was going to say, I remember several years ago, uh, Carl Edwards – I think he was, he had won, what, what was it? I don't remember, was it the All-Star Race or the 600? I don't remember there. Anyway, he was, uh, I think he was doing his his burnout, you know, his race celebration, and he went through the grass and tore his car to pieces. You know, that front splinter dug, dug in and just tore the front end off that car. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's easy to do. Yeah. yeah you know, in that grass, go and then, uh, it's not just the grass though, cause there's an inner circle in there. Um, so when you come over that grass, hit that asphalt and then go back into the grass, uh, you just, plow, just plows in there. 
So he, um, but because of that, he was able to hang in there. And some of the some of the other drivers had some mistakes. I think Daniel Hemrick had a problem on pit road, and then he lost spot. And then he was racing. Um, he being uh, Ty Gibbs and Chase Briscoe um, got loose in the corner, and so basically, then Ty was by himself the last so many laps without any issue. So, but that is his second win of the season. And he has only raced six of the 12 races and he's the highest finishing rookie right now uh, for rookie of the year points. Yeah. And uh, Austin Sendrick came in second, you know, he's going to be moving up to cup next year. Although I don't know what's going to happen right now. I don't know if he's going to still, you know, it depends on what I guess Keselowski does with Penske, but you know, we, I think we talked about this before, you know, he's going to, He's going to move up either to, to Penske or Wood Brothers one way or the other. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see some of these guys, you know, coming up to the cup level. So um, Austin Cedric is doing very well. He's leading points right now uh, overall, followed by Harrison Burton and A.J. Amendinger. So it, uh, Xfinity is, you know, exciting as well, it's not just the cup. So. Uh, I enjoy watching the truck and the Xfinity races because if you're looking at the cards, uh, if you collect the cards, you, you know, I told somebody one, you know, this one time is when drivers get to the cup level, there's no real surprises. You know, they're coming. Uh, it's not like football and maybe basketball and, and some of those baseball, whatever, where you have these guys, they're kind of untested and, you know, they're, they're new to the team, and then, you know, they're very, I guess, uh, talented, whatever, and, and that they're able to take over um, the team and, and kind of surprise people. NASCAR is not really like that. Uh, you can you can kind of see these guys come in, uh, you kind of get an idea of their talent, and then depending on the team they sign with, like Austin Cedric going to Wood Brothers. Wood Brothers have a pretty decent team. They're aligned with Penske, so um, I expect whoever's driving out to finish you know, in the top 10, top 50, maybe win, you know, depending on the situation. But it's kind of like Matt DiMendetto. Uh, we, we've talked about him before. He's right on the cusp of making the playoffs or not, so that's the 15th, 16th position, I think it is. So uh, yeah. you're kind of expecting that with Austin Cedric, but maybe uh, he, he can get a, a win or two. You never know, so... But I guess I don't know if that makes any sense, Logan, for the listeners about prospecting or, um, you know, when they get the cup, it's it's not that much of a surprise. No, no, and, and usually there's a lot of hype behind you know whoever whoever the uh, you know, highest highest contender is you know coming coming from uh, Xfinity. And I think that's one of the thing about Ty Gibbs, you know, Ty Gibbs. He was in ARCA last year, and he's still in ARCA this year, but he didn't run truck at all. So he kind of just jumped over truck in his race in, in the Xfinity. I have a feeling that, you know, he's he's going to be signed with Gibbs, so he's going to have good equipment. He's having these great finishes, and, uh, you know, he's got the driving ability. So I, th- I think – um, you know, the words getting out on Ty Gibbs, his cards are starting to move kind of, 
get up there with the Haley Deegan prices. So uh, kind of the cat's out of the bag, but the majority of his cards come out of the uh, 2020 Chronicles products. Uh, that's, if you're not familiar with Chronicles, there are multiple sets in there. I don't want power, no, I don't call them parallels, but multiple small sets in there besides the Spectre, which is a hundred card set. There's Crusades and, and Phoenix, Score, Spectra, and then each of those have parallels. You know, the Crusade is, is more of a, a shiny uh, foil. The Phoenix is the same way. The Score is reminiscent of the Score football. There's some parallels numbered in there. Uh, there's a Spectra. And then he has signatures in the 2020 Panini Prism. Uh, no base cards, just signatures with about 10 to 15 parallels of that. So, Yep, they got the whole rainbow for them. <laughs> lots and lots of color in the 2020 Prism. I think to your point, you know, they're... You were talking about like when your eye hurt, you had seen all these colors. I think uh, they're coming up with new colors. It wasn't just green. Now it's green scope and pink, blue, red and blue hyper prism and blue and Carolina blue hyper prism, rainbow prism, green and yellow hyper prism, just to throw out there. So not just your white, gold, and black. So lots of color in the prism. And, and going back, going back to Ty Gibbs, you know, talking about racing, he also won the ARCA race the same day later on in that afternoon. Yeah, yeah, he ARCA is not as competitive as I thought it would be. Um, but yes, he that I shouldn't have said that really, not to take anything away from Ty Gibbs, but that you know he he had a long day bef uh, earlier in the day with the Xfinity race, and then jump in there and win that. Arca race as well. So, but I don't know if there's as if it's as exciting as the Xfinity and, and truck series and cup series. So, but uh, definitely an accomplishment there. So it'd be funny if he, um, he wins both championships there, or I guess, I don't know how the Arca is with accumulating points. If it's like uh, the truck Xfinity and cup where you have to declare and you can get points in one of the divisions that you declare points for. Yeah. I don't, I don't think ARCA is, is counted. I mean, what they do with uh, the three big series is you have to declare the, you know, which, which one you're going to get points in, you know, whether it be truck uh, Xfinity or cup, but ARCA, you know, you, he could, he can conceivably win the ARCA championship and uh, you know, the Xfinity championship if he, <laughs> Makes it makes it to the very end. I mean, who knows? I mean, he's going to be he'll be in the playoffs. I mean, whether or not you know his his grandpa is going to fund that remains to be seen. But I would think that he would. Well, right now, looking at the racing reference, he's run six of the seven races. He's currently ranked second, and he has four wins. Yeah, he. Um, you know, we had an ARCA race here in Memphis last year, and he won that race. Yeah, so looking at the current, so there's a Corey Helm. He's won two of the races, and Ty Gibbs has won the other four. Uh, Ty Gibbs has won the has won the la three last races, 
straight. Kansas, Toledo, and Charlotte. They'll race June 4th at Mid-Ohio, and then June 25th at Pocono. Those are the two next two races coming up in the Arkham Menard series. So, so I guess we need to be looking for some Corey Helm rookies here soon. So, yeah, so like he's doing well. But that's uh, Ty Gibbs. His cards are uh, absolutely nuts right now on eBay and other platforms. So, yeah, in fact, you know, talking about Ty Gibbs, I've been collecting the uh, Chronicle set, and he was the very last card I needed for the set, and I ended up. Uh, on one site paying like $60 for one. And I bought another one the other day for 35. So I know I overpaid, but I really needed that card for the set. You know, I I don't know how many are going to be out there, but I guess now with him winning so much, we'll probably see a lot more. Yeah. And those Spectra cards we've talked before off air about, you only get two per box and there's a hundred cards in the set. Uh, They're a little thicker than your normal card. You know, you need you're gonna need 50 boxes <laughs> uh, to get a hundred Spectre cards. So that is a tough set to complete. Yeah, it's, it really is. But I, you know, it, it it's probably my favorite set of 2020, just because of the diver- diversity in there and all the different sets. And uh, you know, having Ty Gibbs, Haley's in there all over the place. I mean, it's it was a really cool set. Plus. You know, I got, you know, I, I busted several boxes and several blasters this year and you know, got some pretty good parallels. So I, I was very pleased with it. I think Panini did a great job. Yeah, Chronicles was one of the ones where um, we did a survey or I did a survey on Twitter and another one on Facebook. Uh, if I remember right, the Facebook and the Nuts site, the Chronicles was the overall winner. And then on Twitter was the Prism was the winner, I think, by a little bit. So, uh, you know, Chronicles, to your point, has a lot of different sets in it. It was the first time released for NASCAR. So a lot of different subjects, different sets, subsets. The Spectra was the largest at 100 cards, but the other ones were smaller. So you can get in and, you know, collect some of those smaller sets if you wanted to or parallel. So I think it's a, a driver driver collector haven i guess because there's so many different uh chase parallels to um to chase all in one product having only four products a year in nascar with dunruss chronicles prism and then national treasure so yep um i just like i said i think i think that was i think for sure that was the best uh release from Panini last year for sure. I mean, I like National Treasures a lot, but the price point on that's a little high for me. I ended up, I just, I did buy one box and, and did real good with it. But, uh, you know, for me, the, the, the best bang for the buck last year was Chronicles. Agreed. And then moving over to the Cup Series, that was the 62nd annual Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Sunday, May 30th, and that was the Kyle Larson show. (laughs) That is the Coke 600 is the only race that I know that has three stages and then uh, the final stage. Or So uh, Kyle Larson won them all. Yeah, he he put the beat down on the field. I mean, there were a few times on restarts where somebody would get ahead of him for a little bit, 
but it didn't last long. I mean, he, he, he came, you know, his tires heated up and he got, he got past everybody and, you know, he just set sail. I mean, he, there, there was nobody that was going to catch him. Yeah. I think he is out to prove everybody wrong this year. And I think he's definitely eyeing the championship. So, yep. But, you know, um, he got a second chance and, uh, you know, he's making the best of it. I mean, he, he really, you know, he, it, the only, the only two really good rides that he could have got were of course the one he got or Gibbs. So he's doing, he's doing very well with Hendrick. He's, in my opinion, he is right now currently, I think he's the championship favorite. If, if I was to pick somebody to win the championship this year, uh, I would put my money on Kyle Larson. He's just running that well. He's that motivated. It's like what you said. He's trying to prove everybody wrong. He's a great driver, and he's he's proving it right now. I mean, he really is proving it. He's 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 you know he I think and I think he went out and on Monday and ran a World of Outlaws sprint car race and won that. I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. So we talked a few weeks ago about Kyle Busch and when he basically was let go from Hendrick, you know, having that motivation. And I think Kyle Larson definitely has that motivation. So, you know, when somebody is really talented and they have motivation and vision or, you know, set their goals, you need to watch out. So uh, and Hendrick is hitting on all cylinders right now. Gosh, are they ever. (laughs) <laughs> so having finished uh, one to four the other week, uh, here we are at the Coke 600 and Kyle Busch had to break up the Hendrick. Um, so you got Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Alex Bowman. So in the top five, you got the four Hendrick. So, yeah, those guys, those guys, those guys, those guys have hit on something. They have found you know, something that is making those cars really go right now. And, and nobody else has that knowledge. And, you know, we've seen it before in cup. I mean, there'll be a, a dominant team for a while. And then finally somebody will figure out what's going on. And then, you know, things will, things will even out for a while. And then somebody else will find an, an advantage. But, but right now, you know, they have found something that that's got those cars just absolutely dialed in and they're, they're really pretty much unbeatable, I think. It makes me think of driving with the devil. Uh, they talked about Red Voigt. Uh, Red Voigt was the um, engine builder for Raymond Parks, and Red Byron was the driver. And Red Voigt worked, had a secret room that was hidden that he would work on the engines away from prying eyes and stuff. Uh, he'd work on the regular cars during the day and then work on that other stuff after hours. But I'm thinking instead of Roy- Red Void, I think it is uh, Chad Knauss. Uh, it's got some secret room over there at Hendrick Motorsports um, or up all night thinking because they have definitely hit on something um, for these last couple of races. So we'll see what's going to happen here. But um, it's it's just interesting. These guys have all come on. So. But that that's awesome. So, uh, and we talked about Kyle Larson not too long ago for his win and his rookies. He doesn't have a lot. His rookies are in 2013 Press Pass Fanfare and Total Memorabilia. In the 2013 Press Pass Total Memorabilia, there's only a few parallels to that rookie uh, 
his base card, number 47, there's a red, uh, that's from retail, a gold version, number 275, and a black and white, number 299. And then there's a Rising Stars autograph, serial numbered either to 125, gold to 99, blue to 25, or melding to 5. And then in the fanfare, it's card number 68. There's a red foil die cut at a retail, hollow foil die cut, uh, sapphire. That was from the power pack bonus card, serial number to 20. Silver foil to 25 diamond die cuts. Serial number to five. That was also a power pack bonus card. The green die cuts. Number to three from the national exclusive. Magnificent materials. Silver and gold. Silver. Number to 199. Gold. Number to 50. And then autographs. With the silver 225. Gold 125. Red to 99. Blue to 10. And green to 10. So not a lot of stuff to chase for him in 2013, but enough um, and some low numbered stuff. So yeah, and all that stuff is getting pricey too. I mean, people people are paying attention to what he's doing, and uh, you're, it's it's hard to find any good deals now. Definitely, he you know, like I said, he has two wins on the season. He's back with a powerhouse team. Um, all signs point to him, you know, being there for the championship in Phoenix. So we will find out as time goes on, but, you know, still a bargain. I think if you look at some of the other sports, so. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, um, yeah, I remember we were, we were actually at your house when we busted up a box of that total memorabilia. Remember that? I do remember that we went, yeah, we went to press pass and saw the guys and, uh, I think they gave us, uh, I don't know if it was a, it must have been a box of they gave total, us a box. total memorabilia, yeah. And each one of those is an individual little box, too. That was a interesting uh, box configuration. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, my son was there, and uh, we, were, we were taking turns picking cards after we busted the box. And um, I think Kyle Larson got to the end, and, and my son picked him, and he he said, "Hey, I think he's going to be good." And he was right. <laughs> yeah, he he's very good. So, yeah, they, yeah, he's somebody. I guess you know I've been collecting since 2013 as well. So he's not a surprise. And we talked about it because he ran in the lower levels and then was with uh, Chip Canassi for a while. So, uh, and he had success there. Not crazy success or dominating because chips uh, can actually got that two car team as opposed to Hendrix four cup team and 260 something wins. So, but it's going to be interesting to see how he does this year. Yeah. You remember when we, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get off tangent here, but remember we went to the uh, fan, I forget what the, what did they call that? The fan experience or whatever. They accelerate. Accelerate at the hall of, at the hall of fame. And uh, I took that I took that card that we got of Kyle Larson to get him to sign it, and I remember handing it to him. He looked at it like, "What is this? Where did you get this? I've never seen this before." So I think I think you know the card that we gave him may have been one of the very first, if not the first, autograph card that he autographed uh, for you know his his base cards. I don't know, but it was it was so funny just seeing how he reacted to that. 
that he just, he's like, I didn't, I don't know anything about the, this card. I've never seen it. I mean, I'm sure he had to sign the other cards and he knew about those, but I don't think he ever really, really realized in, that he had a base card out there that had his picture on it. Yeah. Cause they don't sign those and it was totally different than the ones that they signed. And I think they might've signed pieces of paper that went into the total memorabilia. Oh yeah. Cards. I forgot about that. You're yeah. right. So maybe that was it, but yeah, so he's definitely one to watch. Um, and our next race is going to be at Sonoma Raceway on Sunday, June 6th. That's a Toyota Save Mart 350. That's a 4 p.m. Eastern. Stages are 20, 40, 90 laps for 226.8 miles. No practice or qualifying. And at We'll go over this real quick here because I know everybody doesn't want to hear about it again. But uh, playoff standings after Charlotte, 15 of the 26. Uh, Martin Truex, three wins. Cal Larson, two. Alex Bowman, two. William Byron, one. Chase Elliott, one. Uh, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell uh, at position 11. And then position 12 is Denny Hamlin, who's the leader on points. With 633, and then Kevin Harvick is number 13 at 468. So um, about 150-point difference there. Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Chris Buescher, and then outside looking in, uh, Matt DiBenedetto, Ricky Stenhouse, Kurt Busch, and Ross Chastain. So, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I th I'm thinking that barring any first-time winners or somebody below the cut line wins, you're kind of already looking at, at the way this thing may shake out. I mean, there'll be, there'll probably be some jockeying between whoever wins, you know, somewhere like if Kyle Larson wins a couple races, he'll, he'll move ahead of Truex. But I mean, I think the 16 that you've got now, barring any kind of weird, like I said, first time winner or something is pretty much what you're going to have for right now. Some of these guys right on that cut line, they're going to need to win. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like like we've talked about it before, but I would really love to see Matt Benedetto uh, win a race. I, I I think you know that, that would do well for his career, and I know he's motivated. It's just you know he's had some weird luck this year, and uh, he he just hadn't had the finishes that he's wanted. But you know anything can happen. I mean, we still got uh, how many more races have we got? We've got still got 11 more races to go. So, I mean, it's still conceivable that we may have 16 different winners. You never know. I mean, you just don't know. But I think what we got right now is pretty much what we're going to have uh, come playoff time. Yeah, I think so. And like you said, bar bar barring any weird finishes or something like that, you know, um, you know, Matt, Kurt, Ricky Stenhouse, Ross Chassin, or any of the other guys lower uh, pull off a win then it will definitely shake up um, the non-point guys. Uh, Tyler Reddick, Chris Buescher, Austin Dillon, um, they're all kind of close on points. So those are the ones that, that need to uh, – they're the ones that are probably worrying. So Yeah, but, and Kurt Busch, he, the Ganassi team, you know, they're they're not doing so well this year. They're they're having a lot of, a lot of trouble. They've had some mechanical issues. Um you know, th just weird things happening. So I, I, I don't 
even if Kurt Busch was to get in there, I don't, I wouldn't see him going past the first round anyway. Yeah, some of those guys they won't make it past the first round. So, uh, so moving on over to the nineteen eighty three Uno Petty and and some of the other eBay sightings in NASCAR news, uh, we mentioned it uh, last episode that there was a. 1983 Uno Richard Petty out there, PSA 10. We were kind of watching it. Uh, it finally did close at $555, and that was a PWCC auction. Now, I totally forgot about this. I This is one thing I do not like about PWCC auctions is that the bidder's identities are protected, so you can't see um, who's bidding. So, yeah, uh, I don't like that either. I, I wish... That's a practice that I just disagree with. Uh, just not that there is any shenanigans going on, but it definitely doesn't allow you, f- you know, full transparency. So that's true. Can- I mean, it, it gives you it gives you the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives you the the thought in the back of your mind that something could be going on, and so there's always that doubt. I mean, so that's why I don't like that. I mean, because you know, you you want to think everybody performs above board, but you know, when the, when you can't see who's bidding, how do you know? You just don't know. You just have to just think that yeah, it's it's all good. I mean, but who knows? Right. But I think the five hundred fifty-five hours is a record for an eighty-three Uno Richard Petty PSA ten. So that's a good sign there. Again. Um, Richard Petty has a 1972 STP followed by the 83 Uno number 23 card. And then you get into, uh, the sports star photographics in 85, 86, and then the 1988 max. So, uh, it's one of his earlier cards. And we've talked about the 83 Uno before on a few episodes. If you have not listened to that, you can look in the archives for those shows just quickly. This issue was not issued in packs, was not a track giveaway. It was produced by David Chobot, who was a photographer working with Uno, we believe, to produce this set. Um, not a lot is known about it other than the the print the company that actually printed the sheets of cards and that it wasn't really discovered until late nineties when David Chubby brought one of these sets to one of the racing car price guy magazines office to show them. So uh, it's definitely a rare issue. Pretty cool. Cause you have the full uh, bleed fronts. It's a little bit smaller than a normal trading card. And then on the back is the classic uh, black and white Uno card back. Yeah. I mean, there for a while, you know, we saw quite a few of them back years ago on eBay, but you don't, you just don't find those cards now. Uh, they're, they're, they're dried up. And they're what, and like what Val said, I mean, we didn't know about them until like the, the late nineties. They, they just, you know, I had, you know, heard about them, you know, from the price guides, but I didn't even know what they looked like for a long time. And I remember trying to go to, uh, stores like Toys R Us or wherever and looking at the Uno cards thinking, well, maybe they're in the packs of Uno cards. And I never saw anything, you know, in the Uno playing cards 
about them and I just never could find them. And then finally, you know, some started popping up on eBay. I was able to get some that way. It's a, it's a nice little 30 card set. It's one of my favorite uh, vintage sets. I would say. Yep. I, w- I would agree with that. It's, it's, it's a nice looking set. Like I said, it's got the full bleed and I like full bleed cards. You know, the 72 STPs are the same way. You know, I, I like, I just, I like that. I think that's, that's a good look for cards. I wish more manufacturers would do, do more full bleed sets like that. Yeah. And then one of the other auctions that kind of popped up now on new on our radar is a 1972 STP Richard Petty. It's a PSA two, but it has been autographed and the autograph is graded at 10 and they're listing it for basically $15,000. So uh, we'll see, we'll follow that for the next few weeks and see where that, where that ends up, if it does end up or if it sells or not. So yeah, uh, if somebody like, makes him an offer or whatever, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, right now there's eight watchers, and it's somebody out of Florida, Miami, Florida. So, yeah, I was looking at that card. It, it's it looks nice as far as presentation goes. The corners look good. Uh, the backs, eh, it's okay. But uh, I think you know Val and I were talking about it. There must be some kind of hairline crease through it or something for it to get a PSA two. But it does present well. Now the autograph, if you ask me, is is not it's not as good of an autograph as, as I've seen of Richard Petty in the past. But you know, of course it's been authenticated, but you know, I've seen much better looking autographs than the one that's on there. And I'm not trying to to you know make light of this card or anything. I'm just stating the facts of the way I think it looks. But I mean it's still a cool card. I mean, any signed 72 SDP Richard Petty cards are, are awesome cards, no matter, you know, what, 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 you know, what shape they're in. They're still great cards to have. Yeah. There's not a lot of them around. We've talked about the pop on them uh, before. So there, it's not a ton of them. Uh, and then also in this auction are a, was a sportscaster. It looks like it's been signed. And then a 86 Sports Star Photographics 9.5 Beckett as well. So it looks like it's a lot, but the definitely the key is the 72 STP Richard Petty signed. No doubt. <laughs> in uh in blue, by the way, not black. I like that card signed in blue. Uh when I get them signed, I usually get them signed in that blue. Yeah, I can't remember the one I've got. I got him to sign. I think mine's in black, if I remember correctly. That that we got done at the Hall of Fame. Still, still a good one. His signatures yeah. are great. So super, super tough to find. Super tough to get to get autographed as well. So, uh, and then our um, other news, and then we kind of learned about this in Dallas, is that Starstock uh, is going to be listing NASCAR trading cards. So before that, uh, they did not carry any NASCAR raw or graded cards. So I definitely think this will help the NASCAR trading card market as Starstock, love them or hate them, is a large platform um, that people are using to buy and sell other trading cards, baseball, soccer, basketball. Yeah, I think it's, I think it puts more eyes on NASCAR, which is, 
you know, something you and I both have been wanting for years is, you know, more people to take notice of NASCAR. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very popular spectator sport. Uh, if not one of the, the top ones in, in this country, I don't, it's certainly not, I don't think in the world, I think formula one kind of trumps that, <laughs> but in this country, I mean, NASCAR is, is very popular and the drivers are always accessible. Uh, for the most part, you can get autographs. They're always, like I said, for the most part, they're nice to their fans. They, they understand the role that the fans play in their careers uh, and you know, that they spend the money on the tickets, the, the products that the uh, drivers endorse. So it's a very fan-friendly sport, and I don't know why it hasn't seen more love than it's gotten. Uh, I do think that back, you know, 20 years ago now, when Dale Earnhardt passed, that that kind of, you know, a lot of people fell out of love with it. But I think now they're starting to see, you know, the the, the new young guns and what they're doing. And uh, you've got Chase Elliott, the son of a, of a most popular driver, and he's doing very well. And uh, I think all those things help. And, and I think NASCAR is coming back, and I think it's going to only get better. And if you're looking for something to collect, you know, I've been collecting it since 1986. I love it. Uh, Val's been collecting it for a long, long time. And I know how much he loves it. And uh, I just don't think you can go wrong with it. It's it's a lot of fun. It just I don't know what else to say. It's just a lot of fun. I would say it's, you know, all the collecting, you know, if you if you collect the other sports, it's, it's all the collecting fun at half the price. So. Uh, it may, yep. it may, it may be even less than that. So I know, um, you know, Chronicles, we've got some pre-sale prices here for Chronicles, which I think they, some of the big threes have them out there for two fifty a box right now. Um, twenty twenty Chronicles is listed for one seventy five. I think they were coming out at about one twenty five. Uh, they were listed. 125. I think Prism came out about 125 uh, before all the craziest or craziness came out uh, in January, February, March. So we'll see if those prices stick. They, you know, someone was saying that it's probably geared towards the breakers because they're going to buy the cases, pass that cost on to um, their customers. So we'll see if that price drops. And we saw before all this happened really NASCAR would come out at one price. And then after a few weeks, months, those prices will drop. So we'll, we will see what happens long-term, but with star stock now accepting cards for NASCAR, uh, I think it allows folks who collect other sports to be able to find NASCAR in a platform they're already comfortable with as opposed to, you know, on eBay, maybe looking for baseball or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's more search driven. The way I use eBay anyway is more search driven than um, just, you know, blindly looking at a category. So, yeah. And speaking of eBay, I'm sure everybody's having a lot of fun with uh, how all their safe searches have changed and how they're having to, to go back and, and redo all those. Um, uh, that's been no fun for me. Uh, I don't know, honestly, 
you know, I, I love eBay, but, you know, I don't know who decided to make these changes, but I think, I, in my opinion, I don't like them. I think they're not, they're not good. It makes it harder to find what you're looking for unless there's some secret sauce that I'm unaware of to help you, to help you find these cards. It's just, to me, it seems harder to find what I'm looking for now. Yeah. I've had, I had to go through and change some of my searches around. If you are searching for specific item description, I think you're okay. But I had some searchers set for say like 2000 uh, box where I was looking for boxes of 2000 wax you know, now you need to have the uh, auto racing, you know, selected as opposed to before where um, you were already in the auto racing and I had it selected. Uh, one of the things I don't like is when you start searching, uh, now you have to select your subcategory. But then if you, you know, are in that same search window and you're already you know, say I looked up 2000 wax and under auto racing and I went to 1999. Well, then it goes not, it goes back to the 1999 under the whole category again. And then I have to go back and select auto racing again. So. Yep. I've noticed that too. I don't, I don't like that at all. And I don't know if that's a bug or if that's something that's, that's done that way. I mean, you know, most collectors, you know, they, they, they have a focus of what they're looking for. They're, they're, I don't know if eBay's trying to do this to get you get more eyes on more different things, but I don't, I, you know, I like what I like. I want to search for what I want to search for. Don't, don't send me somewhere else to look at crap. I don't want to look at. I just don't, I just don't like that. Um, and I think that's what they're doing. I think they're trying to, 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 you know, broaden the search and, and maybe you, you'll do some kind of uh, impulse buying and go, Oh, I, I, I see that card. I like that card. I'm going to buy it. You know, I, I can honestly say over all the years I've been on eBay that it's very, very, very rare that I'll impulse buy a card, you know, that I, that I see, you know, I already have a specific focus on things that I like and, and that's what I'm going to search for. You know, I don't, I don't want eBay dictating what what they think I should be looking at. I want to look at what I want to look at. And that's, that's where I have trouble with them right now. Yeah. eBay is not, uh, I mean, I've been using them for a long time. The changes to um, the listing and the way they're controlling payments and some of the other things uh, it's making it uh, a little, I don't say more difficult, but you know, they're changing the stuff that a lot of people are used to, there is more competition than ever for trading cards. So we'll see uh, if I was a shareholder or a stockholder, I would be upset, but uh, I definitely won't be looking at buying any eBay stock because uh, of these experiences. So, uh, but I might be looking at star stock. So we'll see. But, um, I'm excited about that because hopefully with star stock, setting that up maybe some of these other platforms allow you to sell through on nascar uh right now we have com c and ebay sport lots and beckett marketplace but with some of these other ones uh, with star stock coming online and hopefully others uh, that allows us to buy and sell and um not be 
uh, kind of painted in the corner with these other platforms. So, yeah. And you're, you're talking about, you know, like the Beckett marketplace. I like the Beckett marketplace. I can find, you know, bulk rookie cards of people that I'm looking for at what I would consider very reasonable prices. Um, you know, this past, past weekend during Memorial day, they had a promotion that was 20% off selected uh, dealers. And some of them were like, you know, Burbank, which is, I really love those guys. And I think triple play and some other ones that I use. And so I went out there and bought some Kyle Bush rookies and some uh, uh, Martin Truex rookies and a few other often in rookies and got a, with that 20% off, I got a really good deal. So I hope that, uh, some of you other guys out there were able to take advantage of that. Uh, I don't, I don't think that email came out until after we did the show, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it till like, I think, uh, Thursday or Friday. Uh, and I said, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of this. So yeah. And I, uh, like I said, I picked up some good rookies at some good prices. So I was, I was very pleased with that. And I think that's, that's a, a good alternative for you guys to look at. Uh, I'm not trying to give away all my secrets, but, you know, the Beckett Marketplace is a great place to go buy cards, no doubt. Yeah, I did the same thing. Um, I picked up some Josh Berries. Uh, I picked up, I think when I was out there, I picked up some Ty Gibbs. Somebody had some Ty Gibbs. So uh, Burbank Sport Cards or, or the AAA or whatever it was, it was like, all right, add the cart. Um, I did not see that about the discount. But- oh, dude. But I and I might have bought it. No, no, no. I might have bought it before that. But uh, we we talked during the week. Uh, I did pick up some boxes of 2020 Chronicles. Uh, Blowout had a code, had some codes out there, depending on how much you spent for a little bit of money off on those. So um, I did pick up some 2020 Chronicles uh, since Ty Gibbs put on that clinic there. Um, last Saturday uh, in the Xfinity race <laughs> and then went over to the ARCA race and <laughs> won that too. So, and you can't go wrong. Like I'm sure with the Kyle Bush and Martin Truex Jr. Rookies, you know, Danny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, these guys, you know, stock up on them. Cause if you get them, you know, get them cheap. Don't and buy cheap, you, you know, look at do your homework and check out what prices are what they're selling for and um you know use ebay sold to get an idea what things are selling for but they should only be a few dollars each unless it's a rare parallel or autograph and you know dale and our jr is probably another good one he's gonna be inducted into the nascar hall of fame in january so you know you're looking at six months um for that price to probably increase as, you know, as it gets closer to the induction ceremony. So, yep. And speaking of the NASCAR hall of fame, um, you know, usually in May they announce their, uh, you know, who all, who all the, the uh, nominees are. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know who all the nominees are this year to be inducted into the 2022 class. So I, I guess, you know, COVID's really got everything messed up. So I guess we'll find out. 
So uh, let's see. That's a good question. So, so it's going to be in twenty the twenty twenty uh, the twenty two twenty twenty two class will be Earnhardt Jr. and Red Farmer and Mike Stefanik. Is that it? Stefanik, yeah. Um, so they won't be until May uh, that they'll announce the class for twenty three. So I think. Um, I'm confused, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, yes, but I don't think they're ready to work on that next class. So, but uh, we did have the recording from the Zoom call with Red Farmer and Dale Hunter Jr. and Winston Kelly. That's on last week's episode. Well, we're going on an hour here. I don't know if we have anything else. Um, anything else we were going to talk about today? I don't think so. I don't have anything else. Um... You know, it's 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 a great time to be in the hobby. I, oh, one other thing, I guess the National Sports Collectors Convention is is looks like it's a go, uh, barring any any kind of craziness happening with uh, the city of Chicago not going, you know, into full uh, opening on I think it's the 11th of this month, which is about another week from now. But barring anything crazy happening there, I, the National is a go. Right, and that's set for July 28th through August 1st. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait for that. Val and I are going to bunk together along with my son. We're going to have a good time. Can't wait. Hope to see a lot of y'all out there. I know we will. That's, to me, this year, uh, this national is going to be the national of uh, hooking up and seeing my friends it's going to be more about that than it's going to be more about, you know, buying cards. Uh, I think I'm probably going to spend a lot of time just talking with people, hanging out with people, doing stuff with my friends. And uh, that's kind of the way I see it going. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I will see how many people actually bring NASCAR to the, the national uh, where you're usually able to, you know, go run through the show in two days and see every table beating the bushes for NASCAR, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about going and seeing everybody, the manufacturers, as well as all of the hobby family. Um, we'll have to see about a hobby hotline. If we're going to do any live shows, uh, like we did at the Dallas car show. So I'm hoping that we can uh, do some of that as well. Uh, tweet and, re- and record from the national. So, a lot of fun. Well, I, I think I think that's all I've got. You got anything else? I know. I think that's it. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please like, share the podcast, share NASCAR trading card hobby with uh, friends from me, Jason, and Logan. Thanks for listening. Find Logan at King NASCAR on Twitter. I am at NASCAR Radio on Twitter as well, Instagram as well, and. Like I said, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye. See see y'all later.